0: Okay, I think. uh, I'm sorry that you heard a big sigh downstairs when I went down there. Uh, Somebody told me at the table they thought I was dying or something. Actually, I just went down to get some paper towels, and they all fell out when I pulled them out. So, (laughs) okay. Who thinks that they penetrated the essence here? Whoa, the master's praying. He's pouring his heart out to God. What is, he, what is the heart and core of his prayer besides all of the grammatical stuff? What, what does he want to have happen? Brian. Well, as I said, oneness. But I liked. um, he says to be with me where I am. It was like a position he was in. It was like a, a positional mindset. Oh, thanks. Um, <laughs> of like understanding the oneness and then acting it out is um, that present or future it was a present I want them to be where I am in order that they may like those in the future yeah that's a future thing but what he was experiencing was present yes so we need to make that distinction in the future I want them to be with me and to see my glory okay beautiful what does he want to have happen now? What's he praying that God would give to us now? You. Okay, the, the big idea is oneness. Does he qualify the oneness? Does he define it? I mean, that's like such a, a mystical concept. How do you get your head around? Just exactly like. He says, just as just you are in me and I am in you. as... His the oneness that the Trinity experiences. So, I heard Dan say, we've got this thing that Jesus is talking about, the world. He's praying for everybody. And what does he want to have happen? The oneness that God experienced before the creation of the world, he wants to have happen what? That... People will be brought into this just as oneness that God experienced from all eternity. Yes. And it's the oneness that Jesus okay. T- uh, exp- expound on that a little bit. Well, it's not the oneness that this other person or this other prophet or somebody. It's the oneness that Jesus experiences with God that he's talking about. It's It's unique. It's unique. It's totally Christocentric. It's rooted in Jesus' unique relationship with God. Good. So this isn't a oneness of soul. It's not just intellectual. Intellectual. It's not just emotional. It's spiritual. And it is defined not by anything in this world. It's defined by that which was existing from all eternity before this world existed. Mind-shattering idea. Anybody else? Now, uh, Terry, why does Jesus want this oneness to be experienced among us so that, the world may know so that this world will may know that you sent me that you love them the way you love me I don't know if you picked this up but he says believe and know something what does he want the w- this oneness that he creates here among this group of people that he's praying for that oneness is supposed to achieve something in this world that the world may believe what? See, that God sent Jesus into the world. If the worldlings, the ones who have not yet stepped into the spiritual world, see the oneness that God has created among us, they will believe that Jesus was sent to the world by God, and, and then they will know something. That God loves us, them, the world. Now, I don't know if it strikes you, uh, but it really impacts me having spent I don't know how many years studying about God, studying formal theology, learning doctrines, languages, ways of looking at theology, a total intellectual immersion and I'm not even putting myself, I mean, there's people that have spent way more time on this than me. But it strikes me as I've spent my whole life trying to learn about God. He's suggesting what? And I'm not saying that was a futile exercise either. I'm just trying to contrast this. I've studied about God. What is he suggesting? That you will know, believe something, and know something of God by what? By books, by doctrines, by feeling it. By, uh, by feeling, by experiencing something, by seeing something. And what is that that the world is supposed to see and know? We're that we're one. And he also, can you talk a little bit about your? Your question, what do you pointed it out? Yes, what? you can. <laughs> you Which said, way? we're being told, what, that God, to, to achieve this oneness, God gave something. Jesus gave something to this group of people that are supposed to radiate this oneness. What did he give to them? Glory. 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 Yeah. <laughs> and you said what? I said, I don't feel glorious sometimes. Where does the word glory... can you go into a derivation of glory? What, what it, we think of glory as victorious, we think of glory as mighty. What? What? There we go. That's what I'm looking the for. The Greek word is doxa, and I don't know if this is going to help or answer, but that's the Greek word, and that's where we get doxology. What's the doxology in the liturgy? It's when you. Remember we talked talked about this. You can't really give glory to God because God is glory. But it's the time when we acknowledge that God is God. That's the doxology. All right, now we only have a few minutes left, so I want to show you an illustration to see if this helps. Why don't we feel glorious? And I totally agree with you. There's times that I certainly don't. Um, can anybody tell me what this picture is? Atoms, molecules. It, okay, it could be a set of molecules. Kind of looks. Title is golf ball, <laughs> golf ball uh, <laughs> at the inner core, getting ready to release its energy after being struck perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> Who said that? The cosmos. This is what. This is a painting of a Hubble photograph of what the universe looks like 1 billion light years across. That means light traveling 186,000 miles per second would take 1 billion years to transverse the space. Everybody fall down on their knees and (laughs) grab their heads. Mind shattering. I actually put a little golden dot here that isn't really a representative in spatial dimensions at all to suggest that's kinda where we live. Can you get your head around that? How big the universe is? Now it's only been and I think about this we live in a unique generation. It's only been in the last 40 years that we've been able to understand this. Prior to this when we looked out what did we see? the naked eye, a set of stars, and we thought that's what the cosmos is. Now we've discovered what? Well, yeah, that there are black holes that exist. But now we've discovered what? That the cosmos is so much bigger. Ba- and this, isn't, this is only one billion light years across. This isn't the entire cosmos. Yes. We don't, because the light that's coming from these things is traveling to us at 186,000 miles per second. It takes so long for that light to reach us that these things could be gone. And and actually, when you look out at the stars at night, you're not looking at real time. You're looking at the past, which is another mind-blower. Now, how did we come to have this understanding? Because in the realm of science, telescopes... And it, equally intriguing is if you look at what's crawling on your skin right now through an atomic microscope. I don't know if you've ever seen that. It looks like some primordial monsters all over you, right? You think you're all clean and sparkly because you took a shower this morning? you got microscopic microbes curling on you that look like something out of a horror movie. <laughs> this view, this view of reality has shown us that natural eye, the natural apprehension, is only a small dimension of how we uh, apprehend reality. And what the New Testament is trying to tell us is what? Over in this realm, what we've been trying to do for, I think, 2,000 years is use what we see, what we observe, what we feel, what we touch and taste to discover what God is like And what Jesus is teaching us is what? It's a spiritual thing. And God can take us into the realm of the spirit into dimensions of oneness with God that are the equivalent of what science has taken us into the physical realm. This is making sense? And of course, everybody always wants to know How? How is this going to happen? And what does the New Testament tell us? It's not how, it's who. It's by being brought up into God as a gift, it's by learning to allow your spirit dimension to be as fully developed. As you've allowed your intellectual and your physical development to be. In other words, I know you're not supposed to use this word in modern society. It's not uh, politically correct anymore. But we used to call peop- we used to say about people or situations that it's retarded. What did we mean by that? Now we say slow, slow or underdeveloped. Um, Sorry, I would say that what the New Testament is telling us is that we're underdeveloped in this realm. But if we're open to it, and and this is it's not just the first step into faith in Christ, but it's then what? Growing, leaping, going and saying to God, whatever you mean by this prayer. Whatever it is that you mean by this, give it to us as a gift we're open to it. Because you're not going to get there through your own, and I'm, I'm not going to get there <laughs> through our own power. It's a gift. Yes, sir? It doesn't the s- in the spirit what we just read beyond what you're seeing in the science. It's oh, not the same it's not. It's <laughs> only an analogy. It's, an- greater. it's much greater. You just think about that. It's much greater, but it's just a weak analogy. We've learned to look at things scientifically and greatly enhanced. I mean, if you'd, have brought, if you'd bring Galileo back from the tomb and show him what we now know, he, he'd just be mind-blown. I, I thought I was cool when I could just figure out what was going on in our solar system. This is s- supposed to be much, much greater than we've experienced, and only God can give it to us. Okay, thank you for coming. Have a great day, and I'll see you next week. Uh, Read the next two chapters, okay, if you want to. Um, Go on to, um, because we're going to have to double up on some of these, so chapters 6 and 7 for next